Welcome to Tech Talks, the technology podcast publishing on Mondays and Thursdays. We tackle the issues facing our sector through the ideas and stories of industry founders, leaders, and tech enthusiasts. On today's Tech Talks, we are talking to Magnus. He is the co-founder and CEO of Antler. Prior to that, how did you cope with hay fever Mageddon over the weekend? Oh, it was a crazy one this weekend, wasn't it? I mean, oh. Do you know how I escaped it? Go on. I actually spent um, a couple of hours um, on Saturday afternoon at Sushi Samba. Did you? So well above the like, pollen. any pollen or anything like that. And actually, does, it, does that work? Well, I wasn't too bad up there. My friend wasn't too bad either. And also, it was the best place to get shaved. Yes, I yeah. suppose that would be true. It was really, really shaded. It was quite quiet. expensive. We only went for... My, this is my friend who come up from um, from Colchester, and he doesn't come to London that much, so when he does, we like to do something a bit different. It's expensive shade, otherwise. Expensive shade, yes, but beautiful gin-based cocktails. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, fine, there. fine. Yeah, 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 Excited yeah. about tomorrow night? To, what, the women? Yeah. The lionesses? I mean, if we beat America, I think we've won. Um, I don't Ooh. see Sweden or... Netherlands it, are the European champions. They are, but America are the world champions right and so I think yeah but if we beat them we were also won the She Believes Cup last year so uh, I think you know we beat them we're have in you good seen, stead have you seen about Hotel Gate no oh what they sent a spy or a scout or a, apparently there were two, a bit, um, two admin Bielsa. people going around no. checking out uh, hotels for a potential final base which smacks a little bit of arrogance oh. um Phil Neville apparently found the whole thing funny, but they went into private England rooms. Oh. Which is just an odd thing to do, right? That's It sounds a bit Bielsa to me, a bit spygate, as yeah. well as, like, presumptuousness. I think one story that really... I don't know if it's a bad thing about Phil Neville or a good thing, but he was talking about Rapinoe. Yeah. And about how the She Believes Cup last year, she accidentally tackled him on the side and broke his Apple Watch. Uh. And he says that she hasn't... She hasn't offered to pay for it yet, and he likes that because she's very driven. And I, I am enjoying Megan Rapinoe's war of words with, with Donald Trump as well. I'm not I, I, loved, I'm not I loved her. Um, you can only win a championship with gays in your team. Yeah, That's science. Yeah, I love brilliant. that. And I also love the fact that she annoys Piers Morgan. Oh, brilliant. Piers Morgan thinks she's an egomania, all, all because she doesn't like Trump. But yeah. And I think anyone that annoys Piers Morgan is on my side. Well, look, um, I will say this very quickly before we dive into the interview with mm. Magnus. Come on, lionesses. Come on, lionesses. Come on, lionesses, exactly. I'm very excited. Um, anyway, thinking of women's football, isn't it great to see some of the African nations doing well, emerging places for, for women's football, yeah. coming out and flourishing, just in the same way that some emerging markets might have some flourishing technology companies. They're locally innovating what it means to be a footballer. What they're doing is they're... they're they're taking success stories yep. and building on it. They're adopting other people's success. Western success stories, no less, as yes. well. Look at that. These links aren't even tenuous anymore. <laughs> seamless. Let's get into our interview with uh, Antler. Today's guest is Magnus. As we said, stick around. Myself and Jack will have some news and comment afterwards. So this morning, we're, we're chatting to Magnus. Magnus, you're the founder and CEO of Antler. How are you this morning? Excellent. Uh, thanks a lot for having me. I really look forward to chatting. Where, whereabouts are you joining us from? You're, are you in the Nordics? I'm joining you from Singapore. So, uh, oh, uh, right. Okay. <laughs> well, what time is it over there? It's uh, just, just past 10 past four. So uh, should be, it's in the morning your time, right? 
Right. Yeah, no, it is. It is. It is. I mean, I, I was kind of thinking to myself, hang on, you're ahead, aren't you? So it's not 10 past four in the morning for you. That would be uh, that would be commitment to a podcast and a half. But uh, no, I hope you've had a good day so far. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. We'd, of course, still do it. Uh, but, uh, you know, yeah. it's convenient. It's the afternoon. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I'd want to put anyone uh, under that much pressure. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> what are you doing over in Singapore, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, so in, in in Singapore we are we are building companies with Antler. So uh, you know we're we're definitely looking for amazing talent across across Asia, and uh, you know building companies with them here, similar to the type of program we just now launched in London. Where are Antler based? Because I suppose that's a good a good place to start, given you are currently in the Far East. Yeah, so uh, Antler is 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 a partnership. So we are, you know, a, a platform which is based in many locations. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of us are here in in Singapore. Uh, we are also in Sydney. Uh, we are also in um, in Africa. I don't know, Robin and Addis Ababa. Um, we are out of uh, Stockholm for the Nordic region. We're out of Amsterdam for Central Europe. Uh, we're also out of of New York from a couple of weeks ago. And uh, we, of course, are in London. So, uh, uh, you know, we have, we have partners in each location. And uh, in, in, in that sense, uh, we are, you know, we got started in Singapore and our headquarters here. Uh, but we are really in, in a lot of locations across the globe. Now, what exactly do Antler do? I mean, obviously, we've spoken there about your helping build startups. But it would be good to kind of get from you the... Uh, forgive the phrase, but the elevator pitch exactly around what it is that Antler's doing and how it's a little bit different, I suppose, from, from some of the other propositions that are in the market. Yeah, so what we do is we're a platform where really any amazing individual who would like to use their competencies to build a business uh, can come and then we help people found their, find their co-founder, put together exceptional co-founding teams we help go deep diving on, into the business model that they want to build. Uh, and then we invest uh, as, the, as the first investor in their businesses. Uh, and, and we do so uh, over a six months period. Uh, so any highly talented individual who wants to build a business can apply to the Antler program at antler.co. And then, you know, when you start the program, you will be there with about 100 other highly talented individuals. And at the end of the program, you will have a fast-growing business uh, that you own 90% of, which is, uh, uh, you know, already uh, valued at, at uh, a significant valuation. So really, our value proposition is, is uh, helping really smart individuals generate amazing companies. So in lack of a better word for defining this, we call ourselves a company generator and so we're really taking amazing talent and, and generating companies with them. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting choice of, of wording because people often refer to, to, to accelerators rather than generators. I mean, what, what do you, it's interesting yeah, that you touch on it, but what do you think the sort of differences between the two are? Yeah, so, the, so we work very closely with accelerators, which of course work with early stage companies and early stage teams uh, to help them accelerate their growth. Um, we um, work uh, slightly earlier in the value chain where we work with really smart individuals um, and help them find a great co-founding teams. We see one of the core 
aspects that the people are looking for when they build a business, um, which, which is hard, is, is finding the right people to build that business with. And in today's world, uh, you typically will know people that are somewhat similar to yourself. So if you're, an, if you're an amazing PhD at an amazing university doing some terrific research within artificial intelligence, you will know a lot of other PhDs, mm. but you might not know uh, the, the hustler uh, from one of the you know, t- top companies out of London who knows how to, to, to sell that product or, or a product builder who can help you build that product. Um, so we you know, help people meet our, other highly talented individuals that, that know stuff they don't know. So we can put together exceptional teams and then we make the first investment. So our company after can then join an accelerator if they want uh, yeah. to take the next step in their journey or just take you know, venture capital or other investment and continue to grow the company. Out of interest, what extra value do you add? Is it, is it in the community of individuals that you know? And then is it quite an organic process? Or are you if you're putting these people together with more of a structure behind it and going, right, this person, this individual over here, we think is going to work well with this individual, this individual, or possibly this individual. And then, and then you, you manage it a little bit more closely. Yes, so we, uh, we don't want to be a very academic program because we believe that the people entering our program are already people who can build great businesses. So we just want to enable them to do that better. So what that means is that, you know, we'll have about 100 really talented individuals come into the program. And in the first couple of weeks, we spend time for everyone to get to know each other, typically through doing hackathons on specific business models that the founders brought into the program. And through that, you get to know all of the other people in the program and you can see who it might be interesting for you to build a business with. And about 70% of our teams get formed in that way, that people find people in the program that they're really inspired to build a business with. And then there's a few others where we then come with suggestions. Um, And then when the great teams are formed, the other part of what we do comes in, which is really going deep on their business model. And here, I think we can provide a lot of um, uh, uh, great insights and support because we have a pretty strong global advisory board of about 150 really successful entrepreneurs, really successful business people, really successful academics, um, really successful venture capital partners who come into the program and help iterate with our founders the business that they want to build so that they know when they start building that this business model really makes sense, that this is really something that if they execute well on it, it, become, it can become a big and scalable business, basically. So that's one of the, the core aspects in terms of, of how we help. Out of interest, and you've touched on something quite, I think, quite interesting there about this whole ecosystem. What are those individual founders looking for from a business like yours? Because I've, I've come across people that will say, I'd, I don't know whether they're quite right because they come from a very strong consulting background and I don't feel an affinity towards the people necessarily running the program. And I've, I've heard that leveled at one or two different organizations or they'll, or they'll want something more structured. You talk there about the business model, about having a network of academics and VCs and entrepreneurs. How do you get that blend right? And what do you think it is that the majority of people starting businesses are looking for? I think the interesting aspect there is that... Um, uh, you should probably get uh, feedback and input on your business model from as many angles as possible. So we strongly believe that um, you know entrepreneurs who truly helped build a business before can uh, can really help you 
go, go deep into whether or not this is something that you would be able to scale. Uh, if you want to talk about how you can create a lot of uh, early momentum here and create viral effects around your business model, we have growth marketing experts who can give you that input. If you want to create an amazing pitch deck and be able to sell it in a good way and then also get the strategy right, it's probably not a bad idea to, uh, to speak to someone who has experience from that uh, either in sales or, or uh, venture capital or, or management consulting. If you are doing something within deep tech, uh, let's say you're inventing a new type of um, battery technology, then you probably want to talk to the leaders within the field of research within that space to ensure that what you're building and what you're working on uh, is truly innovative because there will probably be around a thousand other teams working on the next generation battery technology. Mm. And before you spend two to three or four or five years of your life and millions of dollars of other people's money building this and finding out that, hey, you know, there are three or four other teams who tried this and it really didn't work for these and these reasons, you can know that up front and you might still choose to build it, but then for the right reasons and you start building it off of the, 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 the top of global research instead of starting, uh, you know, two or three steps behind where the, the, the best teams in the world are. Um, so, you know, the question, the answer there for me is that I think there are a lot of platforms out there which are more uniform in the way of uh, uh, the, the kind of advice and the competencies that they have. But in Antler, we focused a lot on um, surrounding ourselves with uh, uh, people from all walks of life, people who build great businesses, people who come from management consulting, people who are academics. If you go to antler.co slash team, uh, you can really see the breadth of our advisory board and you can see that we really have a lot of different people there and also in our partnership, right? You know, mm -hmm. we have people who build businesses, you know, like myself, like, you know, Antoine is in our London team, you know, Beden, Australia. I'd say like 40, 40% of our partners have built a very successful business before to, to people who have like deep business experience, to people who have strong venture capital investment experience. So we thought a lot about that in terms of the people that we have in our leadership. Look, I'm going to ask you to be a bit partisan because I, I know that the, the default answer will be, will be to say there's great innovation going on across all the locations that we're involved in. And I'm sure that's the case. But something that I find very interesting about the startup community at the minute is obviously the, the, the businesses that are coming out of it are very much shaped by the challenges that people find locally. Um, <clears throat> so if you're, if you're in Africa, it might be around power and energy and simply getting online. Whereas in the UK, people may be looking at social challenges um, that, that, or environmental challenges such as food waste that, that are being confronted by, I suppose, more developed economies. What pockets surprise you? What areas around the world do you go, hey, there's some really interesting stuff coming out of this location? Yeah, so I think there's two aspects to that. Um, as, so one is the actual kind of industries where people are focused on. There's like really exciting innovation happening. And the other thing is like the type of business models that are being built. Um, so, you know, I guess your question was more related to the first one, uh, but let me address the second one first. So we see in, um, you know, in, in the UK and in Scandinavia, and the Nordics and uh, in the US and Singapore and, and, and more developed markets that you have much more 
kind of industry 4.0 and deep tech type models being built, which of course is extremely exciting in the way that um, you're innovating something completely new. Um, and then uh, if you go to, to countries like Kenya or Indonesia or you know, the Philippines or, or Malaysia, uh, a lot of uh, the innovation that's happening is, is local innovation or adaptation of uh, business models that have, you've already seen other places. But that can also be really exciting, right? If you think about how, for example, Uber was grown very rapidly out of the US, they launched in one way, the biggest competitors in Indonesia are actually, they're not competitive anymore because Uber got acquired by Grab here in the region. Uh, but, you know, Gojek, Grab's big competitor out of Indonesia, they started off doing the same as Uber was doing for motorcycles. And then they expanded from there. And the company was formed in 2012 and they're now worth more than $10 billion. And they, I think they are becoming now the biggest employer um, in Indonesia which is pretty exciting. So they have not really innovated on uh, the business model per se, but they have done local innovation on the already existing global model. Uh, and through that created an extremely interesting company, right? I mean, the, mm. you know, the impact they had on the ecosystem is really, really profound. What gets me really excited is, is that kind of ability to, to build something truly impactful. And that might at times be uh, that you, you build a new type of cancer treatment out of London using genome technology. Um, and that, of course, is extremely, extremely exciting and it's complete, something completely new and innovative. And I really see the opportunity to do a lot of very exciting things with, with artificial intelligence within the health tech industry uh, out of the UK. But it can also be extremely exciting to build the biggest company in East Africa where you innovate on already successful models that you see in the US, Europe, and China, and you scale it really fast and rapidly. And the impact you'll have on a lot of people's lives in terms of creating employment opportunities and you know, abilities to, to, for higher paid uh, and more skill-based jobs also gets me very excited. So you know, that's a little bit kind of the, the thesis behind Anter is that we don't care so much within what industry or what type of business model people are building, as long as it's, as it's truly scalable and that the talent that are building it are, are AAA. Last quick question, and just a quick one. Um, you, you founded Antler, what, nearly two years ago? It's somewhere between 18 months and two years ago. Yeah, so, I mean, technically, the, the company was incorporated, uh, you know, in 2017, but we, we launched the website and launched everything in January 2018. You've obviously got partners all across the globe, but what's next? What's happening over the next six months? What are you focused on? Um, so number one is focusing on our core, meaning that all of the talent that comes into our existing locations build amazing companies and that we help them and enable them better and better every time we do it. Um, so that's number one. Um, number two is we believe that we get stronger by being in in more locations. So as I told you early on in the podcast, we, we just launched in, in New York. So we're building up a program there in the US, mm -hmm. which will enable us to, you know, help our portfolio companies that want to expand out of the UK to the US or want to expand from the UK into Southeast Asia or, you know, the other way around from Singapore to, to, to Europe or to the US that we now have a way to support these companies. So, 
Yeah, we know we're slowly going to build Antler into a global platform. Uh, thirdly, we're of course uh, 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 the the very exciting thing of now having been part of the Antler program is that you become part of a very impactful and very exciting alumni network of people uh, that start leveraging each other. And we want to enable that in the best way possible where portfolio companies help each other, where the investors into one company might be interested in, in similar type companies that we build where our advisors have you know, easy access to, to people and the other way around. Uh, so we're focusing a lot on, on kind of building out, out our tool set. I really appreciate you taking some time to join us from Singapore. Uh, I hope that you have a lovely, lovely evening. And thank you for taking some time to share what, what Antler are doing and, and kind of the view on, on that global startup market. Excellent. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I love how he how he talks about other platforms being more uniform. I love how yeah. there's, there's like an acceptance that what they have is um, wonderfully kind of positively chaotic. Yeah, I mean... Which is kind of what startups, scale-ups uh, always kind of seem to strike me as, you know, positively chaotic. And I think you can have a regimented approach to going from startup to scale-up and stuff like that. But sometimes you you want to be free and you want to be agile, but non-agile in that same kind of, you want to operate under an agile way of mind and all the rest of it, but you don't necessarily want to be taking the post-it notes yeah. over all the time, whatever. And I think... But it's, it's very base level. What yeah. is more agile than saying, chaos. we are <laughs> about surrounding ourselves with a lot of different people. And, and that's a really positive message. And that was kind of the thing. I mean, and you asked this to Magnus as well, very well, but like, you know, how are you different from Accelerate? And I think Antler seem to have a network and a community. And I know Accelerators do, but in their immediate remit they've got vcs mentors entrepreneurs yeah. all of these kind of people that really reminded me of the ideal flatmate story and i know we're going about it all the time but they chose a chairman that was going to help and benefit them and well we don't and go on about that. it because it's a good example exactly yeah we, we 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 hammer that point home because it's a great piece of advice you know yeah. and antler can sort of expedite that they've got that network for for startups to, to go in and you know get going and 150, mm. is a, that is a strong network. Yeah, yeah. I mean, e even if four of them are VCs, that's four VCs that you've got the chance to directly communicate with that you might not have had before. And what do you do? I mean, I think we got you got into the sand a bit, but he, he talks about you own 90% of your own business. And I guess the Antler take the 10% then. So Antler take the 10%, they're your first investor. You've got a six-month period then. And at 90%, at the end of it, you you own 90% of a fast-growing business. That That is the... The principle. It's a good model. I think if that's the basis, I mean, you might look to move the goalposts a bit with the percentages or whatever, but as a basis, the fact that you know you're going to get a network, you know you're going to get funding, you know you're going to be surrounded by like-minded people. If it works, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if. look, and look, yeah. I, look, there are a lot of different models out there with various different um, plus and minus points. Mm -hmm. I think what Magnus has described to me makes a lot of sense. Surround yes. yourself with a lot of knowledgeable people. That's what uh, we do. And don't worry, yeah. <laughs> and don't worry too much about the academia aspects yeah. of it, right? Yeah. I mean, because you could get as a <coughs> as a say if you if you're a startup founder of a, a of an app whatever you could get lost in code and lose sight of business goals and values and things like that whereas yeah. Antler will give you that platform to grow that side of the business that you might not necessarily have strength in I mean the, the one thing I would possibly take issue with on the basis of, of, of a lot of the interviews that we've had on this show mm -hmm. founders know how to build a company you know Antler don't want to be academic founders know how to build a company um, 
it's more about finding the right people to work with in terms of the founders, etc. You know, if you're a PhD, you're surrounded by lots of other PhDs. You yeah. need someone who's got the hustle. Yeah. Do founders actually know how to build a business? Totally. We've spoken to a lot of people who just winged it. Yeah. And they made a lot of mistakes, and they learned through those mistakes. Um, I don't know whether it's the same to say that founders know how to run a business. I, I suppose what Antlip does is it kind of serves to circumvent those errors. Those, yeah. you know, And it might be a good thing, it might be a bad thing. I personally think that you make errors and you learn and you grow from that. Of course. And that is an That's integral part. Yeah, exactly. As human being, behavior, you know. I think that is an integral part to any startup process. But look, if you've got a solid vision, and he mentions it, you know, you talk about your business goals and mission and stuff like that. You've got that very much at the forefront of your mind and you've got the product at the forefront of your mind. Why not engage with that? You know, if you don't, if you don't want to learn fast, fail quick and all the rest of it, then, you know, go straight to Alan. So um, what about this idea of adoption in emerging markets mm. you know innovation or innovating on already successful models um, I, I love his example of Gojek right I've never heard of these guys you know, yeah so in, in Indonesia Indonesia mm-hmm. why can't I say that today Indonesia yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's an Uber style platform yeah. but motorcycle ride hailing um, worth 10 billion in what seven years mm. Um, and the largest employer potentially in Indonesia that's incredible like how have we not heard of that success story before it just shows that we can be a little bit blinkered in the western world here to success stories here in Europe I think specifically with this example as well it's a cultural thing like I mean I've never been to the Philippines Indonesia Thailand or any of that but I know that Vietnam as well they love a moped they're they're, they're pairing around and that you know that is a culturally Asian Middle Eastern thing to do to travel around on these things and I would be scared if that happened in London if we had loads of mopeds and scooters going but it, it works for Singapore and you know look they're rivaling Uber out there in, in Indonesia story and that's a, that's a wholesome good story of them taking the best parts of a, of a big tech company and localising it yeah now if, we're just, if we were going to speak about it in any more detail um, I did see today that in May the Indonesian government slapped a whole load of regulation on oh. both Go uh, on both Gojek and Grab, yep. which is the other player in that marketplace, which has hit the number of people using the platform slightly. It would be interesting to see, actually, because I would imagine a market like that is fairly unregulated. I might be saying that from a, from a point of real ignorance, but you would just imagine mm. that emerging markets have less regulation by their very nature, right? Yeah, you. Uh, I mean... So there's probably a need for some amount of... Yeah, and if you're emulating an Uber model, there's always going to be real issues there with your employees and staff. But equally, if 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 there's positive regulation, we should possibly look at it in a little bit more detail for a future show because it might be that some, whilst they've built on the innovation of a Western business like Uber, Mm. maybe if the Indonesian government gets regulation right, it's something that um, those in power here can adopt and, and use for a positive force with, with our own startups. Like you say, if they can implement our tech, oh, the Western technology in the Far East, why can't we implement... I'm just thinking it might be a bit more of a blank canvas. I that's think all you're right, yeah. Anyway, that random thought no, I think that's a good idea. Let's go out to Singapore, Dave, and see the regulation. Bring well, it back. Do you know that of all the countries on planet Earth, yeah. um, we rank second highest on the Apple charts in country in Singapore? Wow. Fun fact about Singapore. Go on. Otters have just started living there. They've moved in. Otters have moved into Singapore. 
that families and hundreds of otters are springing up in the city. They're flourishing, they're breeding, they're eating. Is there plenty of storage available for them or something? Not really. They just live on the riverbank and off they go. It's, I remember watching an otter documentary a few years ago when I got in drunk, and yeah, the population's in... <laughs> you know how it is. You get in, watch when you're drunk. Turn YouTube, I was like, oh, there's an hour and a half otter documentary. That's, that's quite not? a niche subject I, for a documentary. I love otters. Fair know. enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Singapore, doing good for regulation and otters. Last point. Talks about tool set. Talks about the uh, antler tool set. Yes. You often think of tools being um, actual hardware, software, tools, methodologies, etc. Mm-hmm. Here, it basically appears to be people. It's their alumni. And I love that. I love that alumni and leveraging knowledge and helping each other, that's their tool set. That's their business model, you know. That, you know, They've got the platform, they've got the network, they've got the community. Their tools are their people. And, you know, I think that's a good, a good model to strive to have. Yeah. Also, could be an awful. Yeah, my, my people pun. are tools as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Looking going on. Let's let's move on to our advert break Spanner. on that. One. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Jack. Um, Magnus, thank you very much for coming on the show. We will go to our advert break. We'll be straight back with some technology news. It's nearly the summer holidays, but school isn't quite out because General Assembly, a pioneer in education and career transformation, specialising in today's most in-demand skills, have an offer for you. So GA offer a wide range of programmes in web development, data science, user experience design, digital marketing, product management and lots more. And for you, for our listeners, they've got an offer of 25% off their classes and workshops by applying the code TECHTALKS25 at the checkout. There are some terms and conditions. They asked me to rank them. Frankly, that's not going to happen. But I can tell you that the code is valid until August the 31st. And it's not applicable to GA's full-time, part-time or online circuit courses. Once the code's applied, workshop tickets are non-transferable. The discount code cannot be retroactively applied to workshop tickets already purchased or used in conjunction with other discount codes. One thing, as a former technology recruiter, I can tell you that there's a real shortage of some of these skills in the market. So, with all this beautiful weather that we're having, I reckon there are far worse uses of your time than getting down there and doing a bit of continuous learning. I have a news article. Go on then. It's from The Verge. I just want to give it a backstory. So there's an episode in the US office where... Dwight and Andy get into a duel over um, Angela, their co-worker, who they both both like, both fancy, both end up dating her. She played them off each other, so they, anyway, they end up agreeing to a duel in the car park after work. Very sort of school-esque, you know, meet after school in the car park. Anyway, Dwight, car park's empty. He sees a note against the bush at the edge of the car park, walks over to it to read it. Long note, it says, Dear Dwight, blah, 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 blah. As he's reading it, Andy Dwyer, in his Prius, begins to creep up on him and proceeds to push him into the wall in his Prius. Now, how did he get away with that? A Prius is silent under five miles an hour. So he could he pushes him into the wall with his Prius, but, and he doesn't know he's coming because it's silent. This sounds like it ends horribly. No, no, no. They, they end up figuring it out. It's a very light sitcom. You know, right, it's okay. Not, yeah, I was going to say, the US leg. office isn't like yeah, a, no, no, no. one of the characters goes on a murder spree. Matt, it's not Fury Road. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, leads into my um, my article from John Porter at John Porty on The Verge. And fake noise will be added to new electric cars starting today in the EU. And that is today, July 1st. Yes. All model cars 
All new models of electric cars sold in the European Union, Union must now make artificial noise under certain conditions. Acoustic vehicle alert systems, aka AVAS, will need to be installed in new models of hybrid and electric cars introduced from today onward and, and all existing models by July 2021. Um, with an AVAS installed, vehicles will need to make sound while travelling under 12 miles an hour or reverse. Does it stipulate what kind of sound? I guess kind of like a car. I mean, it would be funny if it sounded like a helicopter. Or just like that Benny Hill music. <laughs> but this, this raises a good point because it is dangerous. And, you know, you're not going to do as much danger at seven miles an hour hitting someone. But you could still knock them over. You could still hit a bicycle. That's and if you can't hit, it was going could, on you around could you. could nudge them with intent. Exactly. You could give them a serious nudge. And I think this is this is good. This is good regulation as far as I'm concerned. I'm not going to go on and read the nitty gritties of the details because that's not my style. But I have noticed when I've, especially when you're late at night, you step out into the road when you're waiting for your Uber, you don't hear them coming. Oh, you don't see them coming. Electric buses are silent killers. Yeah. Pigeons must be massacred all over <laughs> the country. So hopefully now, pigeons <laughs> and pedestrians and drunkards alike will be safe. Yeah, probably drunkards. From the minimal threat that was silent cars under 12 miles an hour. I'm surprised you haven't mentioned Jeff Bezos today. What were we talking? Well, where do we start with Bezos? Divorce, divorce settlement. 36 bill, weren't it? Was it 36 38? billion? 38 billion. I think. I did see over the weekend that a Man United fan just said we should ask um, his ex-wife to take over. I was actually thinking this morning, like, come on, please find Newcastle. Please, Miss Bezos, yeah. No, she's given half of it away to charity. You're never going to spend that much money. Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I hope she's given it away to a... Alive and kicking. Yeah, or (laughs) someone who's looking at how we can get rid of the plastic in the oceans or something like that. That would be a good one. Yeah. That would be a good one. Just quickly, did you see the video over the weekend of uh, Ivanka Trump? Oh, and have you seen there's a hashtag being going around? What is it? Oh, hang on. Is it hashtag anyone can be a politician or something like that? Hashtag unwanted Ivanka. Right, and basically what's happened is lots of people have used the hashtag uh, unwanted Ivanka and photoshopped Ivanka into Brilliant. scenes where they don't want her butting in. So Martin Luther King, um, uh, the D-Day beach landings. Oh, I wouldn't mind there. Um, American football with the, the guy taking yeah, a knee. Taking a yeah. knee. Um, lots of, and there's there's lots of other ones they talk about. Um, you should do one for your wedding. I wanted Ivanka, and she's there ceremonying it. Uh, yeah, photoshopped um, as well into Prince Harry's wedding and the White House Situation Room when Osama bin Laden was captured. Um, television set of Friends, crossing Abbey Road with the Beatles, on stage with Beyonce, and into ET. And look, she, what spaces where she's not she has as much right to be in any of those positions as she did to be in the one she was in over the weekend. I know. I mean, she's got more right to be there than her dad, I think. She's, has she? She's smarter than him. Look, say what we will, at least Trump was elected. That's very true. She yeah. wasn't. Well, elected, inverted commas. Well, you know what I mean. Anyway, yeah. anyway, so, uh, yeah, but Jeff Bezos' wife's giving away half of that fortune to charity. Good for her. Let's good, hope it's good. to positive uh, causes. Um, Trump's scaling down his war with China. Okay. And uh, Android Q has now been approved for update on Huawei. That affects you and about five other people in the UK then. Showing your lack of understanding of technology, Jack Pierce. You have a Huawei there. Um, the other thing that I wanted to mention very quickly, there's a story in The Guardian today, which I think people should read. 
uh, we all suffer why San Francisco techies hates the city they transport. Yeah, I read this earlier and I nearly thought about talking about it today, but I thought it was too long of an article to mention. But like the rent price is going up, homelessness is getting worse. Tech is essentially driving San Franciscans out, right? Yeah, exactly. So a quarter of a century after the first dot-com boom, the battle for San Francisco's soul is over. The tech industry has won. Yep. But the victors don't realise is that they don't like the spoils or didn't realise. So tech workers are increasingly vocal about their discontent for the city they fought so hard to conquer. Um, and yeah, it talks about prices just going through the roof, a yep. homeless population, visible drug usage, crime and dirty streets. The city has been uh, uh, termed a train wreck. Um, Guess where I'm going on holiday in September. <laughs> Good choice. I, look, last point uh, on this. Tech has a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to transform for the positive, right? But have a little bit of awareness, guys. Have a little bit of awareness about what we're doing. Like when you're coming in and you're generating wealth, if you're a big tech firm, you've got to look after. Yeah, and it's no coincidence that homelessness year on year gets worse and worse in San Francisco as rent price goes up. Yeah. We know, you know, big tech has a responsibility in the locations it's in to not only employ, but for the socio-economy of that city or town. It's all good and well San Francisco giving thousands of people jobs there, but there's still thousands of people without jobs. I just kind of think it's like, boo-hoo you. Like, yeah. you've done very, very, very well yeah. out of San Francisco. Yeah. Don't now have the front to complain you should have looked after yeah. it techies who've done very well yeah. you're not homeless on the streets nope. don't complain about it exactly maybe they should do this thing that's become the growing trend amongst hipsters let's live homeless for a year maybe or not tech. or maybe just help San Francisco yeah, or with, just, your, you know, with your millions and billions and whatever else tech firms put it back into the city that has given you so much I guess how well that will look for your PR yeah. come on it's mindless it's easy anyway right that's Monday's show ran over yeah uh, <laughs> that's your tech news um, on Thursday we'll be looking forward to England in the World Cup final well, we'll be in Lahore on Thursday. Any groupies or fans or big, you know, Tech Talks advocates, we'll what, be having dinner. Road. Yeah, we'll have dinner in Lahore. Come to Commercial Road. Exactly. See us there, <laughs> fan club. A live show. <laughs>